Five for Three Podcast. Uh, happy Tuesday to everyone. Uh, start, I started to start off the, the podcast with a little uh, note, given the topic we're about to delve into today. Um, really sad one, um, given the events that are happening pretty much all over the world. Uh, it's, a, it's a tricky situation to be in, especially with so much happening at times. Um, it's hard to know where, you know, I don't know how to put it, where you want your mind to wonder, uh, really. And, uh, it's in moments like these, really, you start to, uh, to feel just how fragile life can be. And in, in each of these moments at times, you start to think about the the life you have and just how good it is compared to everyone else around you. Um, the privileges that you have yourself, the, the waking up every morning to certain things in your life, the, the beauty of those things as well, having those set things happening, like uh, whether it's going to work and you know, going to the gym afterwards or meeting up with friends, all those things are things that you do, right? You know, all of us do it and you don't even think for a second that your life could be in danger or your world could be flipped upside down from the emergence of an organization wanting to overthrow a government. And the events recently that are occurring in, in, in Afghanistan are just so tragic to see. And to see so many casualties and so many innocents losing their lives over and over again because of people going away from, you know, what I believe to be God's love. And what I see is chaos due to actions on both the West intervening and also the natives leaving countries in the West, no choice but to intervene. And it's very difficult to to talk about these topics, especially as someone who's not been there, but I'll, I'll share an experience of my own to just uh, hopefully give a, a level playing field as to why I find this to be so sad uh, in Zimbabwe when we were taken over by the British. We, you know, there was an economic boom, right? We we had, uh, you know, in, they introduced us to so many wonderful technologies that, you know, to this day we're probably still using and we're benefiting from. You know, we became more westernized in terms of that aspect. And when we were seeking independence, that all changed when it went from seeking independence to seeking or claiming the land back to uh, native Zimbabweans as opposed to the British overlords, as they called it. And in that exodus of, you know, sending every, every white person out of the country and giving the farms to the warlords who fought for independence, it almost caused a uh, a, a chain reaction, which was, you know, negative and left the country maybe in a worse state than it needed to be in. 
because the leadership was not equipped to deal with a country that was built by someone else. And so there's a balance of, on one hand, you can blame the British, and on the other hand, you can also blame, you know, the, the native leadership of Zimbabwe and saying, you know, you got your independence, you got what you wanted, you know, after that, why would you then take away the, the infrastructure set in place? Because Zimbabwe was actually a really beautiful country. One of the one of the things I am grateful for is that, you know, war has never broken out to the same extent as other countries. And the reason why I brought that example in is it's very much mirrored in Afghanistan when you see Western troops, you know, in place in those countries to ward off the Taliban, to ensure the safety of the children and every single person in that area for safekeeping and ensuring that, you know, the kids there, they can go to school, that there is a there's a you know, there's a government system that isn't rigged or, you know, a terrorist organization doesn't uh, grow from that. But the difficulty of that is you've now done almost the same thing as you did with uh, the example I bought off in Zimbabwe, which is you introduce all this wonderful stuff, you introduce comfort, you introduce security by having those forces there, that the moment that they leave, the moment that they depart, of course, I don't, you know, from my understanding, they weren't kicked out, um, but the moment that they've left the, 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 you know, the area of, uh, of Afghanistan, both the British and the U.S. troops, it's now led to the Taliban wanting to continue to the mission that they set out before the West intervened. And the images that are popping up online are just horrific. It's people trying to get on planes and, you know, casualties happening as a result of that. Countries trying to find ways to manage every single action. and. Um, and the sad thing about it as well is the stories from either side is never clear because on one hand, you see that this is the first time that, you know, the, the Taliban doesn't really talk to the press, but they are now. And it leads you to wonder, you know, what side do they really represent? And has the intervention of the West caused more harm for the country to grow? Um and if so, what, what are the results of this regime of the Taliban and what they want to do? Is it going to be worse? You know, is it is the as the Western influence only made them grow more angry to want to retaliate, or has it made them want to act differently in a way that maybe we aren't aware of or we don't know of? Their motives are still, you know, unclear at this point. This topic is very difficult to talk about, um, mainly because you don't want to always assume anything, but you also have facts that you have in front of you. I'm not a native to Afghanistan, so I don't know how people feel about this. Obviously, the majority are trying to leave. And every single person that I gather is there is unsure as to what to do. Do you submit to the Taliban? Do you hand it over and just say, well, either we die, you know, recklessly or we just give in and, 
you know, not let anything else happen or anything worse happen than it already is. Or we fight and we just die and die again. And then we're back to square one like it was 20 years ago. Uh, I was talking to my colleague at work and one of my colleagues mentioned to me that in after World War One, you know, troops, as it World War One or World War, yeah, World War One, troops stayed in the area of Austria to ensure that, you know, nothing was to be caused again in terms of uh, a a an an upheaval again for the world to start again. And then when uh, Germany stayed, you know, when Germany, you know, began their regime with the Nazi Party, it took forty years for troops from both the U.S. and the the the, the U.K. and the Allied forces to come out of Germany to stop that from happening. And with Afghanistan, it's only been 20 years. And you wonder, was this terrible miscalculation from the West? And, you know, there's there's a lot that can be said for, for all parties. This is why it's so complex. It's not so simple as saying, you know, the West is to blame and, you know, the Taliban is to blame and, you know, this person is to blame. I think it's an equal blame on, on all parties uh, in this case, really. Because on one hand, you have definite political powers from the Western side. Obviously, they benefit in some aspect in having control over a country like Afghanistan. But then you also have areas in, 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 in Afghanistan who will benefit from them being in the country, having that security to ensure that terrorist acts wouldn't, wouldn't happen. Like, imagine if the UK was under attack from, I don't know, an, an, an evil underground organization and we needed help from outside forces. I know I would welcome it, you know, but again, we, we go back to how, how much, how, how worse has, you know, for, for, the, for the length of time that the West has been here, you know, has been there, sorry, how, how bad have they left it? Did they leave enough in order for the country to now fully be able to be equipped to, to, to withstand something like this? And it seems like the answer is no. The president left, the, the building in which the president uh, stays in was overrun. So we can be critical of the West and how they left it. They made it very public as to how they're going to do it, when they're going to do it, which leads you to question then how come then the lives of all the troops who died in Afghanistan protecting these countries, you know, protecting this country, sorry, what were their lives for? What, what did it mean? Was it worth it? Did it matter? Did, it, did anyone care? And if so, was, was the mission really done? You know, was the mission, if the mission was to go into Afghanistan to stop the Taliban from, you know, trying to overtake a country and trying to start another war within the Middle East, if that was the mission, was the mission done? Was it finished? And it seems like the answer was no. And for the people of the country, they're now suffering for it. And there's equal blame to be placed. On one hand, should the West even have intervened? But also, we can't ignore the fact that the country needed that help. We can't ignore that Afghanistan needed that help. It's very easy for people to criticize the actions of the intervention of some of these countries. 
Because we have to remember the soldiers that go on the front lines, they're not there to, you know, fight a political war. They're there to do what they wish to do, which is to protect these kids. I've seen so many videos of war veterans talking about how when they saved the life of a little girl, that that was the most special moment for them was when they saw this girl having a chance to go to school <clears throat> and having a life that their daughters can easily do in America or in, in, in the UK. And being able to know that that kid is safe was all they were there for. Knowing that them being there gave that child a chance to do so was wonderful. As hard and as difficult as it is, it's for them what they wish to do. So we can't just paint it as simple as that. And the hardest thing now is what can be done? How can we move forward? If the West intervenes again, then we're back to square one. We're back again to 20 years ago. That means all the 20 years of fighting, every single life that has been lost, every innocent life, every casualty, every you know member of any army that has been into Afghanistan, their lives, well, for what? What were they for if it was just to do it again and start again? Imagine if, you know, the troops left early in, you know, Nazi Germany and it happened again. It's like, well, what was the point in, you know, the Allied forces trying to stop them? It's like, well, we're back again. There's another World War Three. So I think we, when we deal with this topic, we must always, I think, always think more about the innocent lives and how they should be tr they should be helped in any way possible criticizing so many things can only go so far because then you're not taking as much action as you can but what actions can be done what is within the right frame to do it do you evacuate everyone who wants to leave and where would they go? You know, who would, you know, what, you know, what countries right now with COVID and everything else, what countries right now are prepared for something like this? What countries right now would openly with open arms take in, you know, refugees, uh, if, if, that's, if that's the correct terminology, like these, if we're already struggling with refugees in our own country right now, what more adding more apologies what more adding more people to that list of those we need to take care of and by doing that are you just simply handing the country over to the taliban and at what point would the taliban be like we're sick of it we're just going to take down your planes at what point does that end and has it become a you know rescue mission now as opposed to a you know, a mission for peace. And if it was, what what now? What, what are we left with in terms of the options? I definitely know this is not an easy choice for the, the top people in government and every single person involved there. The only thing we can do really is pray and, and hope that every individual that's still there is, you know, the lives that have been lost, that those who've lost them can you know, can still be safe and sound. 
that they get the resources that they need in order to to keep going and that any more fighting and bloodshed stops for whatever it is for it's you know honesty it's it's better to have no bloodshed than to have bloodshed even if the Taliban stay in in power because it's not always about killing the head of the department killing the the head of this organization it's always about those who need saving and in this case if it is <clears throat> the kids you know the, the 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 men the the children the women if if it's every single person who is not involved in this war at all those are the people we need to focus on the most and least and and less sorry uh, about focusing on death and destruction and trying to wipe out the Taliban because if we focus on that we will end up getting hazy on what stands in the way of that because in the midst of all this fighting innocent lives all these casualties will be a result of the actions instead of trying to protect those who need it most that's on afghanistan i won't go too much into it it's very much a hot topic uh right now and uh, all we can keep doing is keep praying we just have to keep praying and uh i i just pray that the lord intervenes in in any way he can and that there'll be peace amongst our country for the longest time it has not faced peace whatsoever i just pray that there is peace uh someone you know in my in my country we you know there was always something happening whether it was you know the <laughs> you know the inflation of money or um you know seeing you know almost like a reverse racism in many cases uh which kind of flips its head when you when you move to the UK uh and which is quite interesting um but seeing that now is we just got to keep praying we just got to keep praying and hopefully it, it even though the country may not be super stable in terms of finances and everything else hopefully there's no bloodshed and similar to my country there's there's always troubles in my country you know problems healthcare money wise whatever but there's no bloodshed which is which is the the preferred alternative people can still live their lives and live every day knowing that they just have to get through it but they don't have to worry about being bombed or being shot for not following a regime leader and my hope is that it 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 at least gets to that point where they just have stability and that no we hear that no deaths happening anywhere across Afghanistan another country i want to talk about was you know Haiti and the the earthquake that's happened there it's a really you know it's really sad because it wasn't that long ago that Haiti faced something very similar to this um and it's it's really sad it's there's no words to put into into in mind when when thinking about this and really i um i was sitting here trying to to think of points to put down when it came to how you can truly express the unlikely events that have fallen upon that country and you just can't uh, you we literally cannot and similar with afghanistan you know there's no war there but the climate itself just doesn't allow for the country to ever move on from 
tragedy after tragedy from earthquake after earthquake. And my prayers go out go out to every single person there, those who've lost their lives, their livelihood, um, and just, you know, the fear really of wondering when it will happen again. Personally, I just hope other countries can allow people from there to evacuate if they so choose to. Um, because it doesn't look it doesn't look like the the country itself could sustain another earthquake anytime soon. And more wildfires in Siberia. Uh, another wildfire happening last year was Australia, and now it's Siberia. And uh, for those who don't believe in climate change, I, I don't know how you cannot, with the results we're seeing now with, with this, is there's just too much. There's just too much going on that more needs to be done to these corporations to be taken accounted for. We just can't sit around and let them get away with it. But again, there's only so much we can do. By saying, by even saying any of this, really doesn't do anything. You know, we could recycle our plastics. We can, you know, walk to work or cycle to work or take the bus to use as carbon emissions. But at the end of the day, whatever, whatever amount we use, it will never be the same as the amount that is pumped into producing it, right? Like, imagine if you know workplaces or if they encourage people more to cycle more, right? Imagine if they said, you know, if you buy a bicycle, the government will allow you to buy bicycles for cheaper or they'll pay a certain amount for it just to encourage that. They're not going to do that because they know the corporations are going to lose money, the ones that burn all, that, all, all those materials and everything else. It's never going to happen. I mean, I can encourage people to try their best, but you're left with no option. You know, if your job is a driver and, you're, and it's the only thing you're good at, what are you left with? You can't do anything. You drive from point A to point B, that's it. Even when it comes to your daily life, you need all those tools you've been using your whole life for you to make it through. So, you know, we have to be realistic in all these aspects and try our best to, to move on. And hopefully that's a, that was a very deep, deep uh, news reaction almost to everything that has been happening. And we'll try to shift it into a bit more positivity um, in, the, in the next segments. Another week, another dub. My team, Chelsea, okay, like, football is back, baby, yes. I'm not even going to talk about my Atlanta Falcons because they are trash and they are not good. That's American football, by the way. We lost our preseason game. Not even going to look at that. We take more L's than LL Cool J. <laughs> so uh, we won our first game 3-0. What a great moment for Trevor Chalaber, the young prospect in the Chelsea team, to get a winning goal, which is fantastic. And I'm excited to say that if you want to hear more about my footballing knowledge, talk. Uh, you can hear me more on the podcast, the Kicking About podcast, which stars myself and my friend Nathan and my friend Tim. And uh, we'll be on there hopefully every single week. And it should release, I'm not sure when, but I'll kind of keep you updated. So I'm going to keep it short here. Um, just thought I'd react to it very quickly. Um, but more of my thoughts will 
start to move on more to there. Uh, but every week I'll kind of give you like a thumbs up or thumbs down. We signed Lukaku, which is great. He's going to be a great addition to the team and hopefully stop missing so many chances. We're coming for the Premier League, man. I just think our team is too saucy this year. We got too much drip. Too much, no, not too much drip. Too much sauce. You know, extra bottles everywhere. We never run out of the sauce, uh, which is great. Um, also, uh, new, last episode of Schmigadoon, you know, it was a letdown. The last episode, you know, I hyped it up a lot. But as it got near to the end, I could kind of tell that the show was kind of being something that it wasn't really at the beginning. Um, I don't know what it was trying to do. It was trying to start juggling more political issues within the, the series that felt very out of touch, you know, felt very forced, in, 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 to be honest. I'm sure some people will, will you know, appreciate it, you know, to each their own. But I was kind of let down. Like the first half of the show, I'd say the first actually four, you know, let's say the first two-thirds of the show were really good. Overall, I think the show is all right. Let's give it a solid 6.5. But it started way stronger than it ended. And it's a shame. I wanted to recommend it more, but it wasn't just as as, as good as I hoped to be. But um, yeah, Ted Lasso, the last episode was really, really nice. Even though one character in the show just disappeared halfway through. Um, I'm really excited. We're already on to episode six. It feels so weird that the show's moving so fast. Oh, we're going to only have five more episodes left. Oh, that was really good. I recommend anyone to watch it. Loved it. It was a Christmas episode. And to be to be honest, given how you know terrible the weather is here in the UK, uh, I can kind of understand because <laughs> we have weather that is definitely not summery. So for anyone who is hoping for more sunshine, it is definitely not this. And um, yeah, um, I'm watching a new show on Amazon. It's called Cruel Summer, and it's it's very teen esque. But it's got a very interesting premise, and the reveals of what's going on with the lives of this uh, of this of these kids is very interesting. For those of you who want to know what the show is about, it's mainly about how this girl is kidnapped and disappears for a year and comes back. And the show is told between three years: 1993, 1994, and 1995. And they do a very good job of cutting it. The editing team did a fantastic job. But um, yeah, the show is just you know a mixed bag. A uh, couple mixed things in there, but overall, really, really uh, well produced. Um, but, you know, the actors are really good in it, so hopefully it produces. It does have some teen, teen-esque stuff. It does drag out at times. But overall, enjoying it so far. I'll give you my full review next week. And currently, I'm going to start trying to do video game reviews uh, as well. I'm currently playing The Ascent, or I wanted to talk about, you know, recommendations. The Ascent... Uh, I also play some Sea of Thieves. I'm going to hopefully be playing more Sea of Thieves in the future. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully play with some more peeps as well. I'm really waiting for Halo Infinite to come out. Um, I was going to play FIFA, but I don't have an Xbox yet. I'm going to get one, hopefully, once I uh, once I move out, which I'm doing so in about two weeks. Big things, moving in with my with my, with my parents again. Uh, they've moved up here in Norwich where I live and it's uh, it's going to be nice because one, I get to save and also as I prepare for my film stuff, it also means that I can 
actually save up for things like films, film equipment, and start doing things uh, in the field that I'm trying to go into as I try to become a videographer and hopefully head back into filmmaking. Uh, slowly by doing that, I think I can, you know, carve a path into being a, a director uh, once more. The ideas are still there. They're not going anywhere. And my plan is to uh, hopefully one day still uh, direct uh, a feature film and it will happen. And I, I do have like, you know, a couple films I want to write about and direct over time and they they will uh, they will happen. But besides that, I just uh, I just hope everyone has a has a wonderful day. I wanted to um, to end it off with probably a song that um, some people know, and uh, it kind of ties in with the with the theme we had today. It's all about peace, man. It's all about peace, bro. Let's try to have it. In perfect harmony, side by side in my piano. Keyboard, boy, Lord, why don't we? Hitting you with them vocals today. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening today. And uh, have a good Tuesday putting up love to uh, all those who are trying their best to help out with Afghanistan and hope everyone has a wonderful Tuesday enjoy and I